Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. And my goodness, we've been doing this for a long time, and Jonathan and I still enjoy it. I am so excited to have joined us for this first interview, Kim Schultz, playwright and performer of The Root Beer Lady. (laughs) That's right. The Root Beer Lady was written and performed by Kim Schultz, directed by Addie Gordon-Lynn. And um, it starts January 28th, so it's already happening. It's already a day in through February 19th. Now, the performances are Thursday at 10 a.m. And then Thursday, I'm sorry, yes, Thursday through Saturday at 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m., my goodness, and Sunday 2 p.m. Let me say that again, Thursday, 10 a.m. And then Thursday through Saturday, 7.30 p.m. And Sunday, 2 p.m. All dates are subject to change, so make sure you stay uh, in touch with the theater. Um, It's all about taking a break and enjoy the beauty of the Boundary Waters with one of the Northwood's dearest and most colorful residents, Dorothy Moulter. I can't wait to hear more about it. So let's have Kim Schultz join us. How are you, Kim? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you could join us. Okay, first of all, when I started reading all about this, I was just going, wow, is this for real? Is this character someone that actually was the root beer lady? Yeah, I know, right? I thought the same thing when I first heard about her. Yeah, she um, she's a she's almost folk hero status, I think, in Minnesota. Um, lots of people have stories that they that they have shared um, with you know with us through through this process with uh, their experience with Dorothy Moulter, the Rupier Lady. Um, she became quite famous in her own right, and the first time I heard about it, uh, I was I was I was immediately hooked. You know, she has two monikers. She's called the Root Beer Lady, as you just suggested. But she also is recalled as the Nightingale of the Wilderness, or simply Dorothy. Um, it's really quite remarkable. Tell us about her and why this story was written about her. Yeah, I think she's a remarkable woman. Um, I think that she is a role model as a woman who uh, broke the mores of her time and lived against expectations of what everyone was expecting um, of of her and of women in general. In 1930 was her first trip up to the boundary, what, what is now the Boundary Waters, um, then the North Woods, northeastern Minnesota, and she fell in love immediately. Uh, and for me, this play is a love story. It's it's her um, her story of her love with that area. Uh, and going against um, family and society expectations to live the life that she wanted to live, which ended up being a fairly isolated, although not completely, um, life alone in nature, with nature. So I think that that story, 
yeah, I think I think it really is incredible. I think she was an incredible woman. You say that the play is funny and passionate, ex- explores her independence, uh, fortitude, and love of nature, and pushes back against the premise that her time in Northwoods made her the loneliest woman in America. When I read that, I have to tell you, it kind of piqued my heart, you know? It's like this um, peak in my heart when I read that, because all of a sudden it felt sad to me, and I'm sure that's not what this is, right? Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, she had an interview with uh, a writer named Andrew Hamilton in 1952, and he dubbed her the loneliest woman in America. And um, she pushed back on that, and I have her certainly pushing back on that in my play, and that she uh, she did not think she was lonely, let alone the loneliest woman in America. Uh, and she pushed. I have her pushing back on, um, you know, would they have said that if it was a man, or was it, you know, sexism um, that expected that a woman would be lonely, whereas a man would not. And so in the right. play, we explore the themes of being alone and being lonely and what are the differences and and was she in fact um you know the loneliest woman in america or was she uh you know maybe one of the luckiest women in america who happened to live who happened to make the choice uh bravely to live the kind of life that she wanted to live um and i think you know i think that i think i have her push back my hope is that she pushes back on the narrative of of that, of all of the narratives. And that um, and it was actually part of why I wanted it to be a solo show as well, in that I wanted her to tell her story. I wanted her to, to tell the narrative and to, to reclaim her narrative um, instead of having her life be told for her. It sounds like a story that we are, we would all be interested in, most of us here in Minnesota. <clears throat> the Boundary Waters is beautiful. It's something that we have talked about. It's being taught in schools, elementary schools, and so much more. And as we look at um, an idea of a story like this, I'm curious to know how you prepared. You are you are, have written this story. You are performing um, this mm-hmm. one person uh, show. And Cam, I have to tell you, I can just imagine how... Um, how much energy it will take for you to do this um, between now and, and, and when it ends. How are, how are you preparing for that? Oh, I, it's so funny. This is my third solo show, but I always forget how big they are and what mountains they are to, to climb. And uh, we're just, you're catching me too. We just opened last night, as you mentioned, and had a matinee today. So we just finished our technical work of the week and opening, and um, I am indeed exhausted. <laughs> um, but uh, my preparation for the writing of it was um, was um, was certainly reading books that have been written about her and visiting the museum, the Dorothy Moulter Museum up in Ely, and um, basically reading and watching every single thing I could on her, um, so I could learn every bit of, every bit of information that I could glean from her. Um, And then trying to figure out what are the most important stories and how can I tell her story best. Um, And so that that's been a journey as a writer in terms of trying to create a story that is engaging because she was also witty and she was feisty. um, And, you know, what she has to be to live alone in the wilderness, you know, for 56 years. So um, I think she's just uh, an amazingly unique person and personality. And I hope that that comes across on stage. So my goal as a performer is, uh, is to communicate that with the audience and show her as a full person. Um, and, and not just as the headline, you know, that, that we get to see who Dorothy Moulter really is and also the people around her. So I play, not only do I play Dorothy Moulter at various ages and stages in her life, but I also play 
uh, some of the more important key players in her life, her father, uh, Bill Berglund, who owned the, um, the cabin in the islands initially when she went up there in 1930, mm-hmm. and some of the other important people, her sister and other people who visit her. Um, and so I play all the various characters that that informed her and her story as well. So it's a blast, and it's I, I think it's funny and <laughs> lots of comedy and and certainly some um, some tear jerking moments as well. Uh, that you know really hopefully um, encapsulates a life well lived, which is um, which is one of the headlines uh, that was posted after her death. Um, it really matters what she um, has been through. And to know that you decided to do this particular piece, I'm curious to know, is she mostly known as the root beer lady or more so as Dorothy Moulter? I think she's mostly known as the root beer lady. Um, anytime you say root beer lady in Minnesota, I think you can't you can't get very far without somebody saying, ah, oh, I saw her or my my Boy Scout troop or my uncle or, you know, and Dorothy made us cheese sandwiches and Dorothy, we loved her root beer. And so I think that um, I think she's a legend in, in Minnesota in particular uh, as as a lot, last non-Indigenous resident of the Boundary Waters, what is now the Boundary Waters. And um, yeah, I think that um, I think that she has a powerful following. I think a lot of people know about her. Um, and I think that that's represented by uh Many audience members um, emailing me and, you know, talking to me after the show, everyone sharing their own Dorothy story. Uh, So I hope that I am doing justice to her in this play. Wow, that sounds like a book that's on the way, you know, making sure that you (laughs) write her story down. That's really quite remarkable. I'm just curious to know, one of the quotations in some of your um, publicity says, um, she said, I never intended to live on a remote island in northeastern Minnesota, steps from the Canadian border at the edge of, well, everything. I mean, who would intend such a thing? That really left me thinking, um, because I'm sure most of us would never just say, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the, you know, edge of the world and uh, we'll be looking at Canada, you know, just steps away. Um, and yeah. I'm just curious to know. Did she decide to do this on her own? Was her family okay with it? Did they think something um, was wrong with her for making that decision? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, she ended up there um, kind of by accident. Her father had been going up there for a few years up to, um, it's called Isle of Pines on Knife Lake. And it is a series of small islands on Knife Lake, Isle of Pines. And her father had been going up there and invited uh, her to tag along as one of his fishing buddies got sick. So her father and her stepmother and a, a couple other gentlemen um, went, uh, so she agreed, and that was her first visit to, um, to Isla Pines and Knife Lake. And so I do write it as, you know, it wasn't even necessarily going to happen. It was an accident just because she said yes. And then wow. she immediately she immediately fell in love. And, and, it was, and, and she had that first trip, which I think was kind of a life-changing um, and profound experience for her. And then she returned home to Chicago and uh, Bill Berglund, who I mentioned earlier as the owner of the resort, uh, initially um, invited her to come and work for uh, the summer uh, because she was a hard worker and strong. And he, I think he was impressed by her. And so her father, and, and uh, Dorothy was a nurse by trade. She had a nursing degree, but this was the beginning of the Great Depression and, and she couldn't find any nursing work. So I think, um, you know, her father was a little bit more inclined to say yes to her going up, even though it was 
you know, perhaps a bit strange for uh, a 23-year-old to, you know, to go up by herself. But she was working and making, wow. yeah, and she's making a living up there. Oh, Kim, I yeah, wish we so had yeah. more more time. Can you tell us um, exactly? It's it's already open. Yesterday it opened. It goes through February 19th. Is there anything else we need to know about uh, ticket prices or where we go to find um find out where to go to get the tickets? You can find it all the information on the History Theater website and um and is it's directed by Addie Gorlin Hahn. Um and uh we have um we have shows Thursday through Sunday, like you said, through February nineteenth. And uh I hope that your listeners will um take a trip to the boundary waters and, and join us in, in this in this uh, the story of Dorothy Moulter. The History Theater continues to do great work. Thank you so much for joining us, Kim. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. You're Thank welcome. you. All right. It's the History Theater that's spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Okay. HistoryTheater.com for tickets. We're going to take a break and come back with Barry Kornhauser, uh, playwright of Corduroy. I think it's Corduroy. We'll find out. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to Center Stage. My next guest is Barry Kornhauser, playwright of Corduroy. And he's joining us to talk about, of course, he's um, an award-winning playwright of uh, Children's Theater Company's upcoming production of Corduroy. And let me just tell you a little bit about him. He is delighted to have Corduroy resume his button search at CTC, which is Children's Theater Company, where the stage adaptation of this beloved story uh, premiered in 2018 before winning the American Alliance for Theater and Education's Distinguished Play Award and moving on to further productions nationwide. 
Guide. Um, other of Barry's plays commissioned and first produced at CTC are Ivy Award recipient Reeling um, Burden and Ernie, uh, Good Night, uh, Madeline Joins the Circus, and yet another AATE Distinguished Play winner, Balloonacy. So, oh my gosh, he is accomplished and he is joining us tonight. Hello, Barry. How are you? Hi, Carolyn. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your program. I'm well, fine. It's, been a, it's a pleasure. So you must be so excited about Corduroy. Tell me how you got involved and, and became uh, uh, the one who knows so much about Corduroy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have Children's Theater Company very much to thank for that. Um, the book was written now a little bit over 50 years ago, and on the, uh, the anniversary, uh, the 50th anniversary of its publication back in 2018, uh, the Children's Camp Company uh, made an effort to reach out to the estate of the author, Don Friedman, to see if finally, after all those years, they would allow for a stage adaptation. And because of Children's Theater Company's sterling reputation in the field, I think they said yes, and uh, Peter Brocious, the director there, was kind enough to offer me the opportunity to do that adaptation. Yeah, we're lucky to have him. You know, you have focused on plays for family audiences, so it's perfect at the Children's Theater Company. Uh, at the same time, I'm just curious to know why that? Why did you begin there? Oh, well, I guess I've always been interested in working for children. I mean, my first job was probably that as a camp counselor. I went on to do work in uh, nursery schools and uh, public school teaching. I studied in college child development and behavior, which was a combination of psychology, education, anthropology. I was really interested in cross-cultural child-rearing and that sort of thing. So the opportunity to write for children, you know, was just perfect. Well, I tell you, uh, so many people know the books about Corduroy, right, based mm -hmm. on the books um, <clears throat> Corduroy and A Pocket for, for Corduroy by Don Freeman and so much more. And, I, you know, when you start talking about this particular character, um, a lot of children wake up and say, yes, yes, Mommy, please, Daddy, please <laughs> take me to this piece. Um, and so I know that you're hearing great things about it so far. Tell me why this really means so much to you and why this was chosen. Okay, well... I think you have to keep in mind that this is a little book with a very big heart. And I guess that's why it has endured in popularity for more than 50 years now and why it's been widely regarded as one of the top 100 picture books of all time. And I think it's mostly because there's something every child can relate to in this classic story, and I would suggest adults too for that matter. The young audience members of this production get to meet two young characters who share a very real and a very familiar need, the need for friendship and a home and belonging. And the kids in the audience get to root for these characters, Corduroy to find his button and Lisa to win over his mom through all their ridiculously flawed attempts. It's a story, as it's told on the stage at CTC, that offers lots of laughs, but also moments that might touch the heart of audiences no matter their age. One thing I truly enjoy about uh, Children's Theater Company is that they really make sure that children of all ages have mm -hmm. a play to go and see or have a musical to go and see. It really is quite remarkable. So tell me what age group this is for. Well, you know, it's, it's multi-generational in its appeal. I, it can be for younger kids, even preschool age. But then I think even though the title is uh, one that's familiar to, to children as uh, one of the picture books they may have been read to when they were very little, there's enough in this play to really, really be enjoyed by a whole family of kids much older. I remember um, in the original production at Children's Theater Company, uh, there was a response from a mother who said, if I had known this play would be what it was, this would have been the one play I took my whole family to, uh, even though um, at first she would have guessed because of its subject matter that it was just geared for the littlest ones. Yeah. So how many um, 
Um, how many shows are you doing between February 14th and April 2nd? It is quite a few. Are you doing it Monday through Saturday? You know, Geraldine, you, you're going to have to ask Children's Theater Company. I, I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They've been kind enough to invite me to come up for the end of rehearsal and the opening of the oh. show. But I don't know their full schedule, to be truthful with you. But it'll be a lot of shows, not just, I imagine, for public performances, but also for school days, matinees as well. Well, I know the children are excited about it. These are really, really famous books and stories that children mm-hmm. never forget. And there will be some that are really, really young, and there will be some that are much older, like me. <laughs> That would come mm-hmm, yeah. see it. So congratulations to you um, bringing this forward at the Children's Theater. Um, if, if there was one thing you would want people to know about this particular piece that you haven't told many, what would it be? Well, you know, the, the, the message of it that I find closest to my heart is the one uh, that I share with the corduroy, the bear itself. It's that idea that sort of the sadly mistaken notion that we all may have now and again that we're not quite good enough as we are, or we're too broken in some way, that we need to find something missing in, or something needs to be fixed in us to be worthy of another's love. And then, of course, we get that very wonderfully reassuring message at the end when Lisa brings Corduroy home, fixes his button, but says to him, I really need to do this, cause, quote, I like you the way you are. That's pretty special to me. That's awfully special. Thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you for joining us. If people want more information, what what website do they go to? <laughs> Children's Theater Company. There you go, Children's Theater Company. And, of course, many of us know where it is. We've been there many times, and we'll have to get our tickets as soon as possible. Is it on sale now, the tickets? I'm sure, yes, indeed. And I yeah, and, uh, hope you all have a great time when you go. And I assure right, you will, because Children's thank Theater you. Company does just wonderful work. Thank you, Gerilyn. You, you, good night. You take care, Barry. Thank you. And, of course, you, all you have to do is make sure that this is United Health Group stage. This is the big, gigantic stage there. And, uh, like I said, the opening night is Saturday, February 18th, although the show really starts with previews, I'm assuming, February 14th. Uh, <clears throat> so do get out and take your children to this. I've taken my children to Children's Theater, my grandchildren, I should say, to th- Children's Theater, and it has been a blast. It has not disappointed me yet. I'm not looking to be disappointed. Um, So just know that there are some adults cast in this as well. Uh, Dean Holt, you all know and love him. I love him. He's a member of the CTC's acting company and appearing in more than 100 memorable productions in his time at uh, at CTC. And uh, he's a two-time Ivy Award winner and so much more. So go out and see this wonderful piece. And, uh, you know, always write us if you want to and just let us know how great it was. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in a moment. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It is now 9.35 here at WCCL, and I am so excited excited because one of my favorite people to be on radio with is Rohan Preston. He's the lead theater critic over at the um, Star Tribune, and we are so excited every time we can get him on. And we don't get him on much, do we? <laughs> not not enough. Happy New Year, by the way. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful Year. to talk with you. Uh, it's great I to tell hear you, that. man. Yes. Thank you. And it was fun last weekend. I had... Um, I was Shaletta was doing uh, her Jerlin impression, and it was wonderful and funny at the same time. <laughs> she's hilarious, man, and she's beloved already. It's just just beautiful. It so was, um, I'm just curious to know what you're up to, man. You've been doing so much. You're in and out of the state, and you know you're always working so hard. Tell me what what is new for you. Well, you know, and and what's interesting is. Um, Theater has come back, and it's not just the shows that are back. There's so much news in the business. And this week, what was interesting, um, and it's a really good news story, um, Children's Theater actors Autumn Ness and Reed Singman, um, mm-hmm. they escaped a fire that, that gutted their home, destroyed their home, but they, they made it out, and their kids were at school at the time, and, and oh. the community has rallied, really rallied behind them. So um, there's there's news in in the theater world and it's a really wonderful uh good news story um as well so i'm, I'm happy for them um reed sigmund last um last holiday played the grinch at children's theater for the Fabulous. fifth time and mm-hmm. and his wife autumn ness who's also an actor in the company they've been in the company now since 2002 his wife played mama who in that production and they they've also played He's played Shrek and Mrs. Shrek or, you know, that, that kind of, so they have a huge history, over 100 roles each at the theater since then, you know. They are remarkable and funny and wonderful and warm. And every time I see them, whether they are in costume or not, if they're on the stage or not, they are so warm. Uh, you know, they just yeah. come at you with this gig- their gigantic smiles and arms open as if to say, welcome. It's great to have you in our company again. It's just so awesome. So every time I see them perform, oh, my God, I get so excited. So tell me, when you get a chance to see them and you know how gifted they are, you know, um, I'm just mm-hmm. curious to know what are you what are your expectations every time? Is it the well, same? You or know, does it ever I, change? I, I, that's a great, that's a wonderful question because it's it, it, it's a question also of how I go into a show, and I I do that old Calgon commercial, right? Calgon, take me away. You know, yeah. I I <laughs> sort of want to. I go with as open much openness as I can. And um, really want to be, you know, be on that journey to see how far I can go with with them. And and I try not to have any any sort of rigid thing. Like I've seen him do this world before, and he was bad, better. He was so good then. I don't know how he's going to do it, or or vice versa. You know what I mean? And so um, I really just try to go with as much openness as possible. Uh, I remember um, um, Tyron Guthrie, founder of the theater, used to tell his acting company uh, something that I like, um, which is which is like you know astonished me in the morning, um, which is like um, I, I'm hoping for something great at all times. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? 
I do know what you mean. And here's the thing for me, is that our actors, the ones that we know so well, the ones that we have seen in so many plays, especially for you, um, I, I know that they know how much we love them. They know that we'll come out and be there when we can. Um, but what is remarkable to me is that they're still at it. You know, some of some of our actors, whether they're at CTC or not, or at the Guthrie Theater, they have been doing this for decades. And yeah. I can only imagine, yeah. um, you know, when they sit down to say, okay, when do I say it's time to stop? And I think mm-hmm. I asked mm-hmm. you that question once before, because for me, it's going to be really hard for me to stop singing. I would probably have to have major problems with my voice for me to be able to stop. And I'll still keep trying to find other ways to sing because I love it so much. So right. I'm sure that and, you have and, witnessed that, right? Yeah, and, and what you're talking about is that joy. I mean, it's like, so it's not a job for you. It's, you know, it's a, it's right. a, it's a joy. And, exactly. and I, I think that's what you're talking about. And that's, what, that's certainly how I feel. And, and you can tell when people have that joy, you know, or you can tell when they don't, um, or they're, you know, people like to say phoning it in or whatever, or they're going through the motions, pick your, pick your, 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 your expression. But, um, it, it is that joy and you can tell, you can see that spirit. You can feel that spirit. It's transported to you. And so, yes, when you mention, um, uh, Reed, Sigmund and Autumn Ness, they're able to transport that too. And uh, there's there's one other sad story that happened this um, this past week, um, which is uh, I reported on Terry Bellamy, um, oh, who's a yes. founding oh, member of the acting company so of Penumbra Theater. Beloved, yeah. Much beloved and much respected. Um, died um, last weekend at age 70. And so um, uh, of COVID. Um, and so that, you know, that's really that was really also challenging and, and, and he was someone, um, as someone said, um, you couldn't have step with him on stage. Um, he was fierce and he brought everything and he expected all his company members to do the same, you know? Yeah. And can we just mention he's good looking too. He was good looking. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm going to give him his props while I can, you know? Yeah, I know a leading man, um, a brilliant leading man. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, you're from a very wonderful family, artistically very gifted family, and the Bellamy's too are another gifted family in town. And if you look, we have a number of those families here, and um, they're you know they're worth the celebration. And so right. Terry, um, you know Terry Bellamy. Uh, I have to tell you, would call me from time to time and and really just to talk about my work, uh, talk about his work. And and um, I had such amazing respect for him because he had such great insight and, and a level of honesty that was really wonderful and uh, refreshing. And it wasn't honesty as kind of, um, um, I, I don't know if we want to call it, um, uh, to hurt you, it was just honesty coming from a place of of kindness and generosity, you know. And um, that's how he lived in the carried himself in the world. And that's how he lived. Um, so, so yeah, it's um, I, I, I obviously you don't try not to get close to people, 
Um, but you know, I definitely felt that that loss. Um, of it's impossible not to get involved in people, though. It's really, it's it's, it's, it's just not, it's impossible, not, it's especially when yeah. you care. And you are a man who loves theater. I mean, it is your world. Um, and, you know, not including the family, of course, but it really is. It is something <laughs> that you absolutely love, and you are engaged completely. And I've watched you. You know, sometimes you'll be sitting like on the third row, and Gerald's on the twenty fifth, and it's okay. It's okay, darling. Right? I don't do what you do by no means, but. I must say that there there were times where I didn't sit so far from you and I couldn't wait mm-hmm. for the intermission to happen. You don't know this, the intermission to happen. And I would try to see, cause you would stand up at intermission and just kind of turn around and look around at the audience. And I always wondered what is he trying to glean from the faces in the audience? What I did mm. accept and learn on my own is that you were the one that would get up as, as though you had already made a decision about that first act intermission happens and you turn as though to look into our eyes, all of us, those that don't even realize it, look into our eyes as though your eyes are talking to us in, don't you move. Don't move. You know, if you got to go run to the restroom, but come on back. It's worth it. Just wait for the second act. Those are the sort of things I see in you way back on the 25th, 35th, 45th row, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But I see that in you because you love it. You love it. I do. I love it. And I love the fact that, that art is so powerful and that artists, um, can transform themselves and, and be these amazing vessels um, of, of of this creativity that's transporting. That that for some people that's healing. That for others that's just dazzling. You know, it's like takes you away and takes you into a place. Um, I like to call it dreams. I was I was talking with uh, my wife about um, architecture and and art, um, um, we were having this conversation. And one of the things about art that, that's so amazing to me is that we are talking about people's dreams often. And, right. and when you're talking with people about their dreams and when you're meeting them at that place, it is so special because it's, it's first of all, it's elevated already. And then you're meeting them at their place of joy of their pace, place of hope and longing of, of their aspiration, all of that stuff. It's just, just amazing. So yeah, I get to do that. I get to do that all the time. I get, to, and I just, I just love it, frankly, you know? So what happens when something happens that is painful for you? Maybe mm-hmm. it's an actor or someone that you saw be injured during a performance or you know that they're suffering from something. One thing about actors or performers, period, they don't tell a whole lot about what's going on in their lives, right? Um, yeah, and often yeah. you can see it, you can feel it, you know them well enough. You, you're like a brother to some or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm curious to know how do you deal with that when you see it on the stage and you know something is wrong and maybe you even know what is wrong. How do you handle that? Well, you know, I, you know, one of the things, uh, and it's a great, great question. Um, I'm a human being um, dealing with other human beings. And so, um, you know, I, um, the way I cover things, just, just in terms of my work, um, is I hope with, with some sense of compassion and some sense of, um, as much understanding as I can 
you know, still maintaining my, my integrity and honoring those who are um, who I'm writing about, frankly. Um, you know, I, I'll give you a different example. One example that's from a different thing. When I saw the um, uh, movie Respect um, the um, uh, for Aretha Franklin at one point, uh, I'd reviewed her in Chicago for the Chicago Tribune. And when I saw the movie, I was just crying because, you know, the... the autobiographical details and some of those details I did not know. I just knew her greatness uh, as a, as a Mm. singer pouring her soul into all these wonderful songs that I love. And, and, and so I I saw her um, and an off night in Chicago way back in, I think 94, 95. And, um, and I reviewed it and I told my editor, um, you know, some flippant thing uh, that I will not repeat here that, you know, she was, <laughs> right. she was awful, you know, oh, that she was awful. Goodness. So when I saw that and, and, and he's like, oh, you could, you got to put that in there. And I'm like, no, I can't. I don't, you know, I have to respect her. And, she, and, and you know, in, in the movie, it showed her, you know, succumbing to alcohol and. Right. So know, much. Yeah. Some of that I couldn't take, by the way. Stuff. Yeah, some yeah. of that I could take. Oh, okay. First of all, we have to go. I don't want to hang up with you, but please know that I am so excited. Oh, we're going to hold him <laughs> until break. Okay, just stay, stay with okay. us, and we'll come back in a moment. Welcome back. We are talking with uh, my friend, someone that I've known for a long time, Rohan Preston. He is the lead theater critic over at the Star Tribune, and it's such a pleasure having you tonight. Okay, as we uh, wrap up tonight, we have about three and a half minutes left to talk. And I just want to know, Rohan, I was in New York about, oh, maybe five weeks ago, six weeks ago, and I had a chance to go and see um, the, um, the big play, um, oh my goodness, a, a beautiful noise. And it was just fantastic, right? Doing all of the music um, from that piece. It was just so great. Um, and I noticed that I also went to go see um, Lion King. I hadn't seen Lion King on Broadway. And it was changed so much that I got frustrated with that one, right? And I'm just curious to know, is this something that happens often um, as a critic? Do you do you often see or experience a Broadway plays changing? They'll still be on Broadway, but sometimes they mm-hmm. make drastic changes to them. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think um, the, the short answer is yes, that happens. Um, some of it is through the technology. Some of it mm-hmm. is through keeping everything fresh and refreshed. Imagine you're an actor in a, in a Broadway play and you've done it for five years. Mm-hmm. It it you know it's it's wonderful in terms of a job and everything else, but you want the variation. I think audiences want that as well. So I think I think that does happen. Um, you know I, I'm I'm not sure um, what the changes are that you saw in in Lion King, um, but yeah, I mean, and uh, like I, another example used to be um, Les Mis, and some of that was with some of the actors bring a different flavor to it. Um, but also, you know, I think the technology changes. So the, the set design and, and, you know, you can use projections, you can do this, that, the other. Um, and so people keep, keep refreshing as it were. Um, but yeah, it, it happens. 
Is it necessary, though, for a refreshment? I mean, some people go and see it the first time, like this show, The Beautiful yeah. Noise, Neil Diamond Music, you know, and we were all singing and screaming it at the top of our voices. The entire it place was, was packed. Funny. And I loved it, right? Yeah. And I wonder if I go back in 15 years or even 10 years to see that piece again. But, 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 but one of the things, Jerlyn, also, you change. That's a thing. So it's like when I see a show now, and if I see it in five years or 10 years, I'm a different person so that I, there'll be other things in it that I may notice and other things that, that will change for me because I've changed as well. So when you see changes in a, a piece that you really love, do you get frustrated mm-hmm. or do you say, oh, it's time, it's time for a change? Well, I, I, I try not to be. I try to be open to it, but you're absolutely right. There, there are things I love. I mean, the, the version of Les Mis that came through here um, in the fall um, was not the great version that I expected. Um, and, and you know, I think people are so hungry for it. Like, the audience was just screaming. They were nuts, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it was pretty amazing. <laughs> amazing. I wish we had more time to talk. You know, I just love talking to you and catching up. Thank I you love, so much for joining me and giving me all this time tonight. Thank you so much. And you take care. Tell the family hello. I will. Thank you so much. Keep breaking legs. <laughs> all right. Thank you. My goodness, everyone, this has been a great hour. Coming up next is the Mom and Michael Hour. Yes, Michael Battle will be joining us tonight. Bravo. So excited about that, and I know you've missed him as much as I have. So stay tuned. It's coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.